When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My name is Jenna and I'm here to help you do all the hard things. I'm a licensed professional counselor with nearly 10 years of clinical and research experience working with people who have some of the most debilitating OCD and anxiety in the world. I'm also a mom, a personal trainer, and a lover of modern spirituality. My goal is to bring you all the research, guidance, and encouragement you need to help you remember and know how strong you truly are. Now let's get to it. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of All the Hard Things. Um, we're just going to riff it today. I have no plan. I know what I want to talk about and that is, I saw two now, two different posts from two different uh, pretty well-followed um, accounts, one on Instagram, one on Twitter or uh, TikTok, and um, they were both giving pretty awful advice uh, when it comes to how to uh, basically remember something better, right? Like how to, if you're having a hard time remembering, did I lock the door? If you're having a hard time remembering, did I uh, turn this light off or did I, where did I put this type of thing? Um, They're essentially giving the same advice, which is to essentially just pay more attention. So I'm going to tease out kind of why that's problematic, why, sure, maybe that may work for for some people, kind of the average Joe Schmo, but uh, I don't want anyone who has OCD to come across that advice and be like, oh my gosh, that makes sense. I want to try to do that. Um, And so this all came about because I saw on Instagram, there was a pretty reputable and and well-followed account. that now for two times, this is the second time that this account has posted this advice, the same exact graphic um, that essentially said, um, before you go into anxiety provoking situations, we want you to pay more attention, just be more vigilant type of thing. Um, That way you can just pay more attention to the rituals that you do so that you can remember how well you did them later. Um, so for instance, you know, if you are locking a door, just pay more attention to when you're locking the door, just be very, very vigilant while you are locking that door so that you can be very, uh, secure and certain almost in the fact that you locked that door because I paid really good attention. So, on and so forth. Um, and to the layperson, right? Like that might be like, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm just going to pay more attention this time. Or yeah, probably shouldn't, you know, be so, you know, up in the clouds or daydreaming or doing so many other things distracted when I'm, you know, leaving the house to lock up or whatever. And this is literally the, the, the opposite of what I would want someone who has OCD to do. Um, and I'll explain that for a couple of reasons. So I posted my rage about this, um, 
post on my Instagram, which this other Instagram that I'm talking about has a double the followers that I do. So I'm scared of the amount of people who had access to that post and uh, read it and, you know, coming from a an OCD recovery account with a lot of followers, you would just assume that that information is correct. And that's not true. So I posted this on my Instagram talking about why this is not good advice, why this is not what I would recommend for someone who has OCD to do. In fact, why I would encourage them to do the opposite, how just pay more attention could actually be really detrimental um, and cause additional compulsions in the future. Um, So what concerned me, though, was how many people messaged me and were confused, like genuinely confused as to, wait, why is that such bad advice? And it's concerning because obviously these people follow me. I don't know how long ago they found me or you know how fresh they are kind of in the recovery journey or in their education of, of exposure and response prevention. But I even did a poll and I think like 80% of people understood why that was bad advice. Just pay more attention when you're ritualizing the first time so you don't have to ritualize again. And a good 20% of people were confused. Like, why is that bad advice? I don't get it. And I do get it, right? Like, I get why if you're not, if you don't understand exposure and response prevention and you don't understand how OCD works, yeah, I guess that would be very, like, on a very superficial level, that advice makes intuitive sense, right? It kind of makes common sense. Oh, I'll just pay more attention the first time. That way I don't have to do it again. But the difficulty is that assumes that there's some satisfactory like threshold that the OCD meets, right? And we know, especially for people who have OCD, that it can become debilitating and that it snowballs. It has the potential to snowball over time, right? So I could just imagine someone new in their recovery, their symptoms are starting to get out of control. Maybe they're checking something or, um, and it doesn't have to just be checking you guys. Like the ritual is irrelevant to me, what it is. It's kind of why they're doing it. Um, it could be Googling something. It could be reassurance seeking. Um, I don't really care what it is. Um, but you know, take whatever ritual it is. This account is essentially encouraging you to just pay more attention the first time. And, I kind of imagine someone like going and locking the door and just being very vigilant, like taking in all of their sensory information, being really intense and uh, purposeful and just trying not to be distracted, trying to be very, very present and very focused as they're locking the door. And that might work really temporarily and, and maybe for a couple seconds or minutes or hours or days or months or whatever it is, maybe that works for a little bit. And it might seem like, okay, cool, that's fine. But knowing what I know about OCD personally and professionally, having done this for so many years, I would not be surprised, you guys, if there eventually came another compulsion or another kind of intrusive thought that came after that. Like, oh, well, what if you were a little bit distracted and you don't remember? What if you weren't paying good enough attention? Well, you think you were paying good enough attention, but was it good enough attention, right? And so I just know OCD. Uh, my advice would be to not rely on that compulsion of like being super intentional, being super purposeful, not distracted at all while you're doing a ritual. Um, Because essentially what I would want you guys to do when you're doing uh, exposures, right? Like if you're for just to stick with the theme of the locking doors, because that's what they used. um, 
my exposure suggestion would be for someone to very swiftly, without paying any particular attention to it, to just close the door, right? To just close the door. And we would want you to essentially walk away having that intrusive thought or that intrusive feeling of like, oh my gosh, did I actually lock it? Oh my gosh, did they actually, did I actually offend that person? Um, you know, maybe I didn't ask the right question. Like we want you to have that uncertainty. That's the whole purpose of exposure therapy. We want you to expose yourself to something that's anxiety provoking and then be able to resist the rituals or safety behaviors that you would normally do after. So just paying attention when you're doing the ritual the first time, it gives you, it's like assuming that there's uh, some level of enoughness that satisfies the OCD. And that's just not true. OCD continues to raise the bar. You continue to try to meet it and it continues to raise the bar even further. There's never going to be enough certainty. There's never going to be enough paying attention. There's never going to be enough of whatever it is that you're trying to give it. And so the best exposure that you guys could do, the best thing that you guys could do in that situation is just move, move swiftly about your life right? Like just open and close the door and and move on. And it's going to feel uncomfortable. You're going to have every urge in your body. You're going to have tons of intrusive thoughts about, did I lock it? Did I pay good enough attention? And I don't want you to answer any of those questions. I want you to just allow those questions to linger. I want you to not answer those questions. And I certainly do not want you to pay more attention just to uh, like solidify this compulsion in your head um, that defeats the purpose. We want you guys to be sitting with that uncertainty. Um, and really what this is, is I want you guys to be treating these actions like opening and closing a door or close, like turning off a light, whatever it is that's kind of prompting your anxiety. I want you to treat these things as non-events. That's really what exposure therapy is all about. Your, o your brain doesn't know that you have OCD. Your brain only knows what's threatening and what's not, what's significant and what's not based on how you respond to it. So if you are responding to locking your door with a ton of attention and a ton of focus and, oh my gosh, I just have to be not distracted at all. I have to close everything out. I just have to pay really close attention this time. That's sending a pretty significant message to your brain that this is threatening, that this needs paying attention to, that you can't tolerate or handle or move on with your life without giving this thing the utmost attention. And so what is that going to do in the future? Your brain is going to interpret that as, okay, this is important. This person is spending a lot of attention on this thing. This person is spending, you know, a lot of their focus right now on this action. This action must somehow be threatening. This action must somehow be bad. I'm going to try to protect this person from this in the future. So in the future, I'm going to get really, I'm going to send out all of my adrenaline. I'm going to send out epinephrine and make this person really anxious about it so that they know when it comes to this thing, they have to pay attention, that they have to have those heightened senses. And so you're just going to be continuing that cycle and strengthening that cycle of giving your brain that message that this event is an event, uh, that it's significant, that it's threatening, and that you have to respond in some way. We want you to do the opposite, which is treat it like a non-event. Treat literally like turning the light off, treat locking your door as though it is a non-event. And it's going to feel like an event, 
why wouldn't it? Because you've been giving your brain those messages for how long, but you need to act as though it is a non-event. And it's going to take a couple times, but eventually your brain is going to get that message. It's going to rewire and it's going to get that new message that, hey, this must not be threatening because Jenna keeps leaving as though it's a non-event. Okay, so I guess we don't need that other previously formed information before so we can kind of get rid of that. And that's how the magic truly happens. I've often said that one of my favorite go-to self-care routines is to get my nails done. But if you're like me, then you just can't justify salon prices or the harshness that these bring to your nails. Olive in June allows you to get the salon quality manicures and pedicures at home. You can easily go up to seven days without chipping, you don't have to leave the house, and you can finally stop spending $35 or more every two weeks on getting them done. For $10 off your first order, head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com and click on deals. So that's all just one post. And then, of course, as the algorithm would have it, or the universe or whatever, <laughs> of course, like I engaged with that content. And so I got more of it, right? So then I was on TikTok and another account, oh my gosh, really well followed, verified, all that good stuff. Uh, was giving tips, um, just kind of everyday life tips, and a similar tip about like if you have a hard time remembering things or if you're doubting your memory, then you should say whatever it is that you're doing out loud. Again, maybe fine for Joe Schmo, whatever. If this, if you do this and it's functional and you want to take that, you know, roll that dice and you can move on, sure, whatever. But for someone who has OCD, who routinely struggles with doubt and who routinely has to give into these compulsions and things snowball and it can become impairing and distressful, it's horrible, horrible, horrible advice for all of the same reasons that I said before, right? So by saying, I am putting this item on top of the fridge, that's assuming again that OCD is a decent businessman and actually has any intention of being like, okay, cool, enough. Like I'm satisfied now. OCD is the worst businessman ever. It just continues to barter with you and negotiate. And it actually has no, it has no intention on ever being like, okay, enough. I'm good. I'm satisfied now. I got what I wanted. My end of the bargain is is fulfilled. It's assuming that there's some like satiate satiating level um, where it's going to be satisfied. And that's just not how OCD works. Um, if you're doubting, you know, where did I put this thing? Or I locked, I am locking the door right now. If, if you're doubting it enough to have to verbalize it like that, you're eventually maybe potentially probably going to doubt having verbalized it, right? Like, well, did I actually say that? Like, did I actually say that out loud? Um, or did I say it this way? Did I say that I put this item on top of the fridge? Or did I say that I put it on top of the, you know, whatever, <laughs> right? Um, it's just a really slippery slope. Um, and again, it's the opposite of what I would want someone to do. If someone typically is doing that as a ritual to just kind of solidify their memory or to, you know, I don't want to have to go back and check where I found this thing, or I don't want to have to go back and check the lock to make sure that I locked it. So I'm just going to write a note to myself. That's another big one that people wrote into me on Instagram about, that they just wrote notes to themselves or put notes in their phone or took cameras, you know, camera shots of it on their phone. 
I want you all to not do that anymore. Okay. <laughs> I want us all to not be replacing one compulsion with just another compulsion. Um, there's no way around this, you guys. There's no way around this. The only way out is through. Um, and so eventually that might be helpful for you now, but eventually OCD is going to come back in and say that that picture is not enough. You need two pictures or you need a video or, um, you know, it's just endless. It's endless. And so I want you all to be treating these things as non-events. And if you're writing notes to yourself, if you're saying things out loud, if you're paying more attention, if you're taking pictures on your phone, you are sending your brain the message that this thing is important, that I can't tolerate not doing it. This is an event that is significant and warrants some type of response. And that's the message. That's kind of the the code, so to say, that you are inputting in your brain for next time. Um, so we're asking for more rituals. We're asking for less tolerance of that anxiety in the future. We're essentially asking for more ritualistic behavior, more intense ritualistic behavior, and things can just really snowball in a really ugly, really nasty way. So I want you all to take from this. I want you all to do things in a way that is as non-eventful as possible. And I know that's so much easier said than done, but I want you to put things down as though it's a non-event. I want you to leave your house as though it's a non-event. I want you to do whatever it was that you were doing, but taking pictures afterwards, I want you to do whatever it was that you were doing and move forward with the rest of your day without taking those pictures. I want you to no more, no more notes, no more picture taking, no more saying things out loud. Um, try, in fact, to be distracted while you're doing these things. Um, you know, if you typically would have to like say out loud, I'm locking the door right now or take a picture of your door being locked, um, I would do it as quickly and as swiftly as possible as though it's a non-event. And maybe eventually you even incorporate some distractions in there, right? Maybe you're listening to um, some songs on, you know, as you walk out of your house, or maybe you are having a conversation or you're on the phone. Um, these are all things that will send the uh, kind of different message to your brain and put new coding that basically means, I don't, this isn't a non, this is a non-event. I don't need to be reacting this way as much anymore. I don't need to be reacting as though this is a signal. This is just noise. This is not something that warrants any type of special or significant response from me one way or the other. And again, I know it's so much easier said than done. Um, I've been there myself. I've been there where you know logically everything that you need to do, uh, but it just still feels like the stakes are too high. Um, so I want you to know that I feel that side of it too. Um, I've definitely been there, but these are all of the concepts and all the tools and all the skills that eventually we would love for all of you um, in the OCD community to try to work towards. Um, and you don't have to just relinquish everything right away, right? Maybe you, instead of just, okay, I can't take any more notes. I can't, um, <clears throat> I don't know, I can't take any more pictures. Maybe you reduce it, right? Maybe you reduce uh, the amount of notes that you get to take per day or per week. Maybe you reduce the amount of pictures that you're allowed to take, um, you know, finding some way to fluster the OCD's feathers and make sure that you are not giving it exactly what it wants. Um, because like I said, it's OCD is the worst businessman. It's never actually pleased. Um, you're going to keep kind of meeting the requirements of, of its contract, and it's going to keep coming back with new terms that you can never, ever meet. Um, so it's time to kind of 
rewrite everything in your own terms. Um, and it's going to be uncomfortable at first, but I know that you can all do it. Um, there's tons of other resources, tons of other skills and tools out there on this podcast, on so many other podcasts. Um, the International OCD Foundation is a great place to get started if you're new to this. Um, but moral of the story, you guys, is we're not going to try to pay more attention. That's not ever going to be good enough for the OCD. If anything, we want to pay less attention because right now that's what our brain is trying to do. It's trying to pay more attention, pay more attention, be more vigilant, be more sure. And it's just never enough. So the only way out is through. The only way out of these doubts is to kind of go through them and treat them as though they are non-events. For more information and resources, head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com. From there, you can sign up for my email newsletter so you can make sure that you are the most up-to-date about upcoming resources, podcast episodes, blogs, challenges, and more. Also, check me out on Instagram at jenna.overbaugh and tune into some other episodes here while you're at it. As always, if you have a free minute, it would mean the world to me if you could please subscribe and rate this podcast. Subscriptions and ratings help me keep the podcast going and help me spread the word to other people who need these resources and they otherwise may not get them. With that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really love creating these episodes for you. And until next time, keep doing all the hard things.